Hi, this is Dave Vanderveen, and you're listening to the Kick Aspirational Podcast, Season 1, Episode 10. And this episode is all about wonder, mystery, living deep and simple, and doing the work. Um, so I've been in Asia for the past few weeks. I'm still here. I started in Kuching in southern Borneo, where, uh, where James Brooke became the first white Raja for helping reestablish the Sultan of Brunei in the 1800s. I've played a three-on-three basketball tournament in Tokyo, survived robot restaurant in Shinjuku, surf typhoons 19 and 20 in Chiba, Japan. <laughs> that was pretty fun with uh, uh, Kitakan-san. Um, I also enjoyed a tropical rainstorm in the jungle canopy above Chiang Mai whilst ziplining and helped su- host some epic parties in Kota Kinabalu, Kuching, Chiang Mai, Sendang, Tokyo, Kyoto, all over the place. We've just been having a blast and I'm going to wrap it up in a few days in uh, Kuala Lumpur riding bikes uh, on a Formula One track and throwing an epic party to launch excess in the Malaysian market with a lot of great friends and business partners there. So now I'm in remote Indonesia. I, um, I'm on the northern half of the island of West Sumatra, an area referred to as Aceh by the locals. I'm on a small island of Semalulu, which is uh, very Muslim. They practice Sharia law here, and it's rustic. <laughs> so Sharia law means, you know, the women wear hijabs. Uh, People are, you know, women are covered up, uh, not full cover up like, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, burqa, but, you know, arms and legs are covered. And um, and that's part of the practice here. And so we respect that and we uh, appreciate that, even though maybe it's not always everything we want. Men wear shirts, uh, even though we're at a surf camp when we're on the in the in the, you know, the common areas, we wear shirts and um it is rustic. We're literally on Gilligan's Island. Um, <laughs> it's really, really fun. I'm literally sitting in a tree fort right now watching uh, the main peak at our surf camp where there's a guy that's going left and a guy who's about to go right. It's like lowers if you're a surfer. It's just a perfect A-frame that goes left and right and is a lot of fun. And it's glassy and it's warm. And there is a water buffalo munching on grass just below me. There are a lot of water buffalo around here. Uh, They're the local currency if you're a tribesman. So we're having a lot of fun, and we're learning a lot. And it's a a fantastic experience. Um, And uh, and I do recommend Aura Surf Camp, Aura Surf Resort, if uh, if you're looking for a remote and very very rustic experience. I mean, there is no alcohol on on this island, uh, no AC. Um, There is (laughs) no Wi-Fi at this resort. Uh, most, you know, they don't sell t-shirts on this island, really, at least I haven't found any. Um, they barely have refrigeration at most, most little shops we've stopped at, going to and from different surf spots. And, uh, you know, that's just a very simple and, and almost naive place where people are still, um, you know, still happy to see you. And, and, and really, I've never felt more hospitality. Well, maybe Sumba, but there's a tremendous amount of hospitality on this island. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. So um, I've had six days of downtime, and I chose to spend them getting away. It was kind of in between two events that I had in, in, uh, in Malaysia. I went from Kota Kinabalu, which is in northern Borneo, uh, through Kuala Lumpur to Medan, overnighted in Medan, and then flew here to this little island. And um, had my board shipped out from Bali ahead of me. I keep some boards there. And uh, I've really spent my time here surfing my brains out and studying Deep and Simple, a great book. I strongly recommend Deep and Simple by Bo Lozoff. It's the one book that Fred Rogers, which Mr. Rogers, as we as we used to call him, used to give to people when he, when he met them. 
and um, it's all about developing improved spiritual practices. Uh, we'll talk about more, th- more about that later, but I've posted some images on my personal Facebook and well on Instagram um, about where I am and, and uh, kind of what a nice place it is to get away, have some downtime, and um, you know, do some interior work as well as <laughs> the exterior work of surfing. Um, also, I'd like to apologize that this episode is late. I didn't have Wi-Fi, and I still don't have Wi-Fi as I'm recording this, and I couldn't upload the recording um, to my, my man in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, Mark Fitzgerald, who's made all of this happen. By the way, if you're keen on starting a podcast, Mark is a great guy uh, to help you get one set up. He's been great for me. He's cheerful and expensive and a ton of fun to chat with about uh, what you're trying to do. Um, you can reach, just send me a note if you want Mark's contact information. Happy to, have to, happy to connect you. Uh, with him. I also want to give credit for stimulating this podcast to a few different followers this week. Two DM me on the Kick Aspirational Instagram account and one via Facebook Messenger. I'd like to read their questions and talk about how they connect uh, to the single most... Sorry, it's very warm here. I'm going to take a little sip. Sorry, there we go. Um, So they were asking me I'd like to read their questions because they were basically asking me kind of, um, you know, one of the single most important elements in creating the world you want to live in, which is doing the work. How do you do the work? What do you do every day? Um, so letter one, I listened or note one, I listened to the first two episodes this morning and I was, as I was working out, it got me thinking about why have I, have I not started writing more and realized it's not why it's about who is it for me or do I really want to share it and with whom? I love this podcast so far, and I'm only on episode two. I can relate to it in so many aspects of my life, culture, religion, not being average, feeling different, but being okay with it, travel, and just learning. Um, And so the big question was, when you find yourself in a funk or a state of boredom, how do you move past it? This can be business, health, uh, fitness, and or relationships. So my my response was pretty simple. Um, I said, the key is to act. So, you know, it's it's about being deliberate and intentional. Schedule and force yourself to do the work, especially when you don't feel like it. Uh, Stephen Pressfield for writers is fantastic. He has a book called The War of Art. That's all about forcing yourself, scheduling yourself, treating it like a job, even when you're not motivated, even when when you don't feel like it. And I also said, you know, too, have a coach or mentor, you know, somebody who can help you uh, do the work, do it better, you know give you some healthy criticism and and help you become better, but also that you can be accountable to. And a big part of that is, um, you know, setting deadlines and, and delivering on those deadlines and then getting feedback, you know, positive criticism, support and encouragement so that you can become better because this is how we live deliberate and intentional lives. This is how we create the motivation, uh, literally by doing the work first you know, my, my marriage, when you, when you get married, you know, you don't need a lot of motivation. You've got this new spouse, you're excited. Um, you're sharing in this new experience. There's a lot of great things that are coming out of it and it's pretty easy. But as you become married for longer, for, you know, for years, my wife and I just celebrated 25 years, two and a half decades. Uh, you have to, to, in order to create a deeper, more powerful love, you have to invest in it. You have to invest in it when you don't feel like it. You have to invest in it without looking for a return. You have to really start practicing a selfless love and realize that you made vows that had nothing to do with the return you were getting in sickness and in health. Uh, you know, there's nothing in those vows that you make that talk about getting something, you know, getting before you give. <laughs> you know, it's all about selfless love, giving to somebody else. Because when you practice that together, 
you not only demonstrate it to a family, which is wonderful, but you learn so much more about yourself, about the little ego things that make you angry or embittered or, or you know, that you hold on to, that you need to learn to release, that you need to learn to forgive, that you need to learn to give grace to the other person for. Because when you do that, yes, it helps them, and it, it, you know, but really, it helps you. It releases you from holding on to all that garbage. And it allows you to freely love and invest. And they will, you know, if you've married somebody who's a fully formed human, they will start to invest back into you as well. It's a two-way street. You don't do it to get something. You do it because that is what's best for you. And that's what makes us great humans. Um, so so that is a long answer. But, but uh, at Makanui10 on Instagram, that's my answer to you. Do the work. Schedule it. Get a, get a coach. Uh, whatever you're trying to do. Get somebody to help you do it. Make a vow. Be accountable to that vow. Make that vow to somebody else, not just to yourself alone, because we all cheat. And we all need somebody we can be accountable to. And we all need help becoming better and improving ourselves. The letter two. Dave, I got to tell you, the book Deep and Simple has been one of the best book recommendations I've ever come across. I'm only in chapter three, but the philosophies are truly timeless and incredibly useful. It's one of those experiences where I can't wait until the next paragraph. And that's not just something that I come across very often. It's funny and ironic because as I read, I wonder why people can't see life with such simplicity as this book points out. I can't thank you enough and hope in some way I can repay you. Um, that's at, at Tim underscore Amy, A-M-E-Y. And thank you, Tim, for that note. I'll get to you in a second. Um, I think I've got some good answers for you and for the next one that's coming up. Letter three, or note three. This was on Facebook. Messenger, a question for you. What are, what are your can't-miss daily activities no matter where you are in the world, and what do you do? Ones you try to do every day but might not be able to every day. That's from Jordan Gillespie. He and I have been having a conversation about breaking through some barriers in his life and his business and, and moving forward. Um, and, you know, I think it's a great question and an interesting one, Jordan. Um, different seasons have different actions that we need to do. Like, you know, if you're a fisherman... You'll spend a lot of time on land doing one set of activities and then you go out to sea and you've got to focus on entirely different sets of activities. You know, the actual fishing and the navigating um, where it's preparing and, you know, it's like sowing and reaping in a way. Um, these are analogies. I'm not a fisherman and I'm not, <laughs> not a farmer. But, um, but it's the same thing in business and in my own personal life. I go out and do a lot of work and then I come home and I prepare for doing, you know, for one, for being with my spouse, being present, um, being involved in my family life. Uh, but also, you know, making sure I'm developing and investing in myself. I read a lot of books. My accountant, actually, just my CPA, um, just said to me, David, I was just going through, you know, expenses on some of the edu self-education education materials I go through in my, my business. And he said, I can't believe the number of books you read. And uh, I told him, I said, Scott, how else do we improve ourselves? How else do we get knowledge if we're not reading books on a regular basis? Um, knowledge comes from reading books and, and, and learning, having a teacher, and understanding comes from doing the work, applying that knowledge to something and gaining insight. Um, so one question, uh, one question was about essentially how do we get the work done. The second was the response to suggestions I made about, uh, you know, which was to buy, read, and I should add practice, Deep and Simple by Bo Lozoff. He has some great spiritual practices. They're good for any faith tradition. Um, You'll hear him quoting Buddha, Allah, uh, Jesus, God, St. Paul. I mean, it's, it's all in there. There's, if, you've, if you're familiar with C.S. Lewis and the abolition of man, uh, he talks about natural law. St. Paul talks about natural law in Romans. 
and how every faith tradition has, you know, very similar uh, fundamental premises, fundamental, uh, you know, very similar ethics and morality. And um, Bo kind of helps us through how to put that into practice. Um, so the big questions, I think the two big questions are, how do I succeed and how did you do it? <laughs> what, what do I need to do to succeed? What must I do to succeed? And, and how did you do it? I guess are the two big questions here. And I think Lao Tzu is really uh, helpful here. Lao Tzu um, you know, has a, uh, created a philosophy, you know, Taoism, which I think is um, really helpful a lot of times. And um, what uh, Lao Tzu says is, uh, with all this talking, what has been said? <laughs> so, let, you know, I'm doing a lot of talking here right now. Let me reply to Tim Amy again. The best way to, to, you know, Tim, for you to pay me back or better, Bo Lozoff, who wrote Deep and Simple, um, is to first realize you don't owe us anything. As Bo said, first realize that holiness exists and it's worth any amount of effort or sacrifice to experience it. Second, recognize that we're all on this journey toward becoming effectively, hopefully, holy elders. Um, people who can lead people and help people discover wonder and mystery in the world and, and, and understand how they participate in that. Um, you know, it's it's really re- it's 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 worth any amount of effort and sacrifice to experience that, and uh, and that it's not just possible for us to become elders, but it, it's our duty. And what could be better than that? So I'm going to quote Lao Tzu again, although Bo quotes many of the great religious leaders, as I said. Um, but here's what Lao Tzu says again. Um, it ties together some of Saint Paul's ideas that faith without works is dead, and that knowledge without the work, without experience and investment. At least to understanding is basically empty or dead as well. So what Lao Tzu says, those who wish to know the truth take joy in doing the work and service that comes to them. Having completed, they take joy in cleansing and feeding others. Having cared for others and themselves, then they turn to the master for instruction. This simple path leads to peace, virtue, and abundance. Have the beliefs, get the knowledge, do the work, go back to a teacher, and then apply it again. That becomes a simple process for enlightenment, for salvation, for becoming fully formed human beings, frankly, to understand the wonder and mystery in our lives and, and what it, how we can participate in that holiness. I'm also going to dip into real magic. Remember the book by Nate Staniforth? He was on Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird. Um, I'm going to quote from him a little bit in this too because he gets into his own journey with wonder and mystery as a magician. Um, he talks about illusion, you know, that he's involved in, but how that illusion is really fundamental to helping people discover wonder and mystery in their own lives. That not everything we see and observe is exactly as it seems. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to... Sorry, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. Before we get into that, I want to talk about a story that uh, our own dear Father Mac, Father William McElmoyle, uh, who was our priest in St. Helena. This is a story he told at uh, the, the wedding, uh, the anniversary party that Sarah and I had up in uh, South Sonoma Valley in, in, up in Northern California at Scribe Winery. Um, you know, our anniversary party, so, so we used to live up in the Napa Valley. We lived there for our first eight years of our marriage, had our boys there. Father Mac was our priest. He was transformative in many ways. Uh, a wonderful man, full of life, and, uh, and just... just uh, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about him, but um, we had him come speak at our anniversary party just to kind of give a blessing, and we ended up renewing our vows, which wasn't really the 
the point of doing it. We weren't planning to do it, but he kind of talked us into it. It was a great thing that happened. And he shared this story. Um, you know, there was a mixed bag of people at, the, at our party, about 100 people from, I think, four countries, from Spain, the U.S., Scotland, uh, Japan, Korea, uh, all over the place. And um, he wanted to pull everyone together and get them to share in the quiet moment of wonder and mystery at the beginning. So he kicked it off by saying that if this group are close to Sarah and me, and at this party, they must believe in something bigger than themselves. And he proceeded to tell this story. A couple was expecting a second child. The first child was a younger girl, I believe, who was three or four. When the new baby arrived, the first child wasn't thrilled about it, but she put up with it. On the first night home, the older daughter said that she'd like a little more time alone with her new sister in the nursery. The parents were concerned, but they went ahead with it, partially because they had an audio video monitor um, in, the, in the infant's room. When the older daughter got to the room alone with her brand new sister, she asked a question. She said, tell me about God. I know it's all still fresh for you because you just came from there, but I'm starting to forget. Supposedly, this is a true story. And what I mean isn't, you know, it's literally true. Um, I don't know if it literally happened or not. But when it's told, it strikes something in us that creates goosebumps or, or maybe a different reaction. <laughs> maybe if you're a committed evangelical atheist, <laughs> you said something like, are you kidding me? Um, that's okay, too. It touches something inside us. The story digs into ideas about who we are, where we come from, about mysteries that we can't observe with science, and why many of us have a longing to connect with a power bigger than ourselves. Whether you call that power God, Allah, Adonai, science, the dude, or some other name. Let's recognize that whatever we worship, it should be intentional and hopefully worthy of our adoration. I've talked about the need to add value to others before we start asking for anything in return. That's, that's where a lot of this comes from. I think there's something bigger than ourselves that we should be serving. Uh, hopefully you do too. And so one of the greatest insights I've had in business started after I met Scott Kuhn, after he sponsored my wife and I into our own independent Amway business. It's all right if you're gagging, if you don't like Amway, and I, hopefully you do. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's not everything you thought it was. It certainly wasn't what I thought it was. Um, we were at a point where we had to figure out how to create something from almost nothing, from a lack, from a lack of personal network. We were living in a new place away from most of our family and friends, from a lack of resources. We weren't making much money. In fact, we were in debt. From a lack of support, my sponsor, my upline, Scott Kuhn, was living in Seattle. We lived in the Napa Valley. We didn't have anyone around us to really give us daily instruction. Um, we had to learn to create new scary habits and meet people casually to connect with them authentically and to discover if our relationship was going to go anywhere. And we did do it kind of quickly. We weren't going to play games and, and hang out and do nothing. Um, it was about intentionally meeting people, giving them authentic compliments and seeing if, if, uh, you know, if they were looking at new projects, if they wanted to do something together, if they had a list of options. I always used to say, hey, look, if you've got something really awesome that I should be looking at, I'm open. Um, I'm just not sitting still. I need to, need to get some momentum in my life, particularly in the financial world to get started and then in other areas. Um, so we had to do what all entrepreneurs do. We had to invent, create, and share. And then we had to get good at listening, getting good at seeing what came back from that work. What were the responses people gave us? What connected? What didn't? And, and how do we repeat success? First, though, we had to do the work. By the way, I'm not trying to promote or get anyone into the Amway business. Um, I'm using an experience from my own life about how, how I could go from where I was, um, coming from a lot of privilege, we've talked about that before, coming from a great net family network, a great education, 
and basically having to start over and do something from scratch where the things that I had learned before may have been helpful in some generic way, but really didn't have any specific application to where we were headed. And, um, and that doing this, learning to use this tool, this business, was a way to get me where I was trying to go. It was a vehicle. At a time, it involved getting out of debt, making enough financial space in our life for my wife to be able to raise our kids and keeping our overhead low. We weren't trying to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, it wasn't about fancy things. And so I really loved Nate's book, which I mentioned again last week, but first because he's a professional magician. As he describes, very few professions get more disrespect than magicians because, you know, some people feel like magicians trying to fool them, which isn't really the idea of illusion. It's trying to inspire wonder. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people get confused. Um, and he admitted that he basically does, you know, have to create value from these illusions, something that he's very clear about in his show. Also that it's not illusion to deceive, but illusion to remind people that we live in a world filled with mystery that ought to inspire wonder in all of us. And I think more than, more than anything, I learned that this goal of giving people the experience of wonder was as important as the tools you use to do it. The intent mattered as much as the ability. An audience who sensed you were there to deceive them would turn on you, but an audience who understood what you were going to... Uh, so let, let me, I'm reading from, I should have been a little more clear about this. This is a quote from Nate's book. When he's talking about establishing wonder and mystery, he says, more than anything else, I learned that this, this goal of giving people the experience of wonder was as important as the tools you used to do it. That intent mattered as much as ability. An audience who sensed you were there to deceive them would turn on you, but an audience who understood that you were there to share something valuable with them would hang on your every word. But you couldn't just do one trick after another. You had to build something, build a castle, build a cathedral, and invite the audience inside. He goes on to talk about how good magic isn't cool, because cool is divisive, it's exclusionary. Um, you know, cool doesn't sit next to the new kid at, uh, at lunch. And good magic is about sitting next to the, good, the, the, the new kid at lunch. It's about including people. And, and, and he said, you know, every night on stage, I witness a tension in the human spirit between our longing to revel in mystery and our impulse to destroy it. He said one time this newspaper reporter from a college where he was doing a show came up to him afterwards and said, why are you doing this? And, and he said, what do you mean? And she said, it's all fake. I know it's fake, so can you tell me how you did it? And he said, I wanted to explain that magic is fiction. Like a writer of fiction, a magician does everything possible to make an illusion feel real in the moment. Good books feel real. Good movies feel real. Good magic feels real, too. I wonder if she was upset with J.D. Salinger for inventing Holden Caulfield, as if any of the power of Catcher in the Rye depended on it being a story of an actual teenager. So, and then she said, whatever, I'm just going to Google it. And he said, there's, there's the cynicism of our modern age. He said, I just absolutely despise it. And this is, I love this part where he kind of deconstructs information and, and knowledge a little bit. He says, information is so easy to find that few of us are strong enough to resist the temptation of presuming we already know more than we actually do. Our worldviews are still built on foundations of our own limited understanding. You need experience to get understanding. That's my own segue there. But now we live under the dangerous illusion that we are, that's, that's reinforced and supported by all of the knowledge that has ever existed. If I don't have the answers now, I can find them, the thinking goes. And without even noticing, we shrink our world down to the size of our certainties. Whatever I know is as big as the world is, which is why travel, this, this is me by the way, which is why travel I think is so fundamental, which is why I love to go to these remote islands where you live in a village where I'm sitting in a tree fort talking to you, watching people pick whatever they can find off the reef who live in the local villages and people who've traveled thousands of miles surfing a wave out in front while a water buffalo munches grass down below me and a monkey by the way 
is in a cage under my feet and was grabbing my toes earlier as I was preparing for this podcast. Um, and, and I think, you know, an Amway business is really similar when done right. Um, we do have real products and we do, of course, sell real things and we sponsor real people. But the business essentially, and, and the business, just so you understand, it basically aggregates the volume you generate and pays a bonus on it through retail and personal use of everyone you touch. That's not overly complicated. Every business rewards salespeople for the volume they generate and manage. That's essentially how Amway works. What's unique about Amway is that the message of the business is that we can help almost anyone create their own business. Of course, uh, by the way, somebody's building a hut behind me. So if you hear that, you're just participating in the work that's going on on this island as I'm sitting here talking to you. <laughs> um, but, but the idea um, is that anyone can do this work. Anyone can create their own ownership, their own equity. Uh, no significant investments are required. It's almost entirely refundable. However, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes overcoming fear of failure, transforming yourself before you're likely to help anyone else transform themselves. And of course, most people don't really want to change. Uh, beyond that, it's pretty simple. It's just like Bo Lozoff talks about. It's just like uh, Neil, uh, Nate Staniforth talks about. You know, what it's really not about are selling and marketing in some crassly material, animalistic or scientific sense. It's, it's not love defined by me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Let's get it on. It's about helping people see what they are capable of, creating that wonder and mystery inside of them more than they might believe on the surface. And then, you know, and, and really discovering that through their own dreams, like helping them find their dreams again, and then offering unique value through mentorship, partnership, and community. Let me just quote a little bit more from Staniforth because he's so good. And by the way, do get a copy of Here is Real Magic. It is a fun read. It is an inspiring read. And it is so worthy of your time. Um, and in the world, our actions have an impact on others. So assuming you understand something you don't becomes an ethical issue more than an intellectual one. There is a danger and maybe even a violence to the belief that you already know something or someone. Especially when you think you're going to know them completely. When you do not and will not and cannot. Knowledge does not allow you to understand the world. Knowledge dispels the illusion that you understand the world, if you really understand knowledge, I would add. But the universe is not only made from facts. Take, for instance, kindness, loyalty, love, or wonder. And treating information as the only thing that matters makes it impossible for us to see those other things. Wonder is not the product of ignorance. It only comes through knowledge rather than in spite of it. Um, and then he quotes Albert Einstein. He says, the most, this is what Einstein said, the most beautiful experience we can have is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and all true science. Whoever does not know it, who can no longer pause to wonder or to stand in rapt awe is as good as dead. And by the way, that's Albert Einstein, who's one of the greatest scientists of the 20th century. Maybe, maybe still. Um, true genius. And Nate continues in his book, he said, If you assume the modern audience will naturally suspect that everything in a magic show is fake, telling them that it's fake at the beginning of the show and then amazing them anyway forces them to confront the difference between their intellectual understanding and their emotional experience. That's huge. It forces people to confront the difference between what you think you know and the emotional experience they have. This has been the entire journey of the excess brand at Amway. It's about creating amazing events, you know, outdoor uh, sports activities, three-on-three -three basketball tournaments, uh, surf movies, DJ parties in unusual places. 
I mean, we've hosted ski events off glaciers. We've we've thrown parties up in up in the mountains where uh, Krampus, uh, mountain demons came and attacked us. Uh, it was something that was organized. It was not real in that way, but it was an amazing, wonder-filled evening. But it's it's about creating places for people to discover uh, fun and enjoyment and adventure to do it with friends and to have some positive energy that's going to help you do more than you thought you could when we create those experiences it trumps whatever we think we knew well my grandmother was an amway and she didn't do anything well sorry for your grandmother um that's not what we're doing <laughs> you know it's 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 creating wonder and mystery in a place where people didn't expect it he says, when you're amazed by something, part of the experience is the rapid realization your previous understanding of existence was too limited to accommodate this new thing you've just seen. Well, what is this? This is different than what I knew, right? Big or small, these jolts of expanding awareness are just a fundamental component of the experience of wonder. And Staniforth sums it up nicely at one point when he says that anyone can, beco- can become a great magician. Absolutely anyone. It just requires dedicating your entire life to it. So like, I would say, like Bo Lozoff, the great prophets and sages of almost every faith tradition, you know, whether it's Nate, Staniforth, my own business partners in Amway, they'll say that anyone can transform themselves. And, and that to do that, you have to learn to not only experience the wonder and mystery in the world, but to learn to share it with others in a way that they can see it and experience it for themselves. And this is the one big pilgrimage that we're all on together. This is what matters. I think there are different platforms for different people where we ought to become capable. You've got to become capable at something. That's where you're going to get worthiness and value out of your life, where you're going to put in the work and then be able to reflect on what you've done and then work with somebody to become better at it. Human beings are made to work. We were not made to sit by the pool and eat bonbons. But you can do work that you're passionate about, that you care deeply about, and that's transformative not only to your own life but to others. And that's where the great great magic comes in, I think. Um, and so, you know, look, you need to find the thing that you want to invest your life into. And you need to be very deliberate and intentional about it, I would say. And that's what being kick aspirational fundamentally is all about. It, you may not see the returns right away. Magicians certainly don't. Comedians don't. And not everybody needs to do the same thing. We also need doctors and lawyers. We, need, we do need comedians. We do need magicians. We need people making energy drinks, hopefully. Figure out what it is that you're supposed to do. Invest the time, try enough things, and then do a lot of it until you become great at it, until you're absolutely capable and people can't get enough of what you're producing. One of the best parts about the investment is that um, doing the work, both the interior work and the exterior work, we need that accountability, coaching, editing, mentoring, and we need to be committed to the transformation, to become vulnerable, to addressing our failures, owning them, and becoming better. We need to become aware of the holy the great good, or you can call it God, whatever you'd like to call it. We need to become aware of ourselves, um, independent of our own ego and petty selfishness and petite, you know, petty selfishness, I'd say, and, and, and smallness, our petiteness. And we need to practice gratefulness, forgiveness, and grace in our relationships. When you get angry, when you're, when you're upset with somebody else, when somebody's done something to you where you deserve justice, take some steps back. Release the anger. Release that thing that's holding you hostage that they've done to you. And let it go. And and admire the great goodness that's involved in that experience. It's transformative. It doesn't mean justice won't happen to that other person. It doesn't mean the judge won't correct them. 
but it means that it's not your job to harbor that anger or that resentment or that jealousy or whatever it is. Let it go. Learn to step away and look at that thing that's holding you hostage, that anger, that jealousy, that resentment, and just let it go. Practice that. There's nothing that will create more freedom in your life. I'm certainly, by the way, um, not perfect at any of this. In fact, um, some people who I've battled with might even say that I'm pretty poor at it. <laughs> uh, it's not about how good you are or how bad you are. It's about transformation. It's about getting better. I'm aware of it. And I own that. I acknowledge it. And I'm trying to become better. To allow myself to be transformed. Hopefully you can too. Get a copy of Here is Real Magic. Listen to Nate Staniforth on Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird. Um, also pick up a copy of Mr. Rogers' favorite book, Deep and Simple. I'm sending one to each of the people whose notes I read today. Get the knowledge, but better, put it into practice in a way that works for your culture, beliefs, and life. Bo Lozoff has some great practices that you can embrace. You don't have to do them all at once. Pick one, work on it for 30 days. Do it in partnership with some people who can help you be accountable. But do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Be deliberate and intentional about it. There is deep wonder and mystery in the world around us every day, and we can all participate in it. So this is an interactive podcast. This is an interactive project. Please send me a message or emails, either you know, at the Kick Aspirational, at Kick Aspirational on Instagram, at David58, D-A-V-E-E-D-58 on Instagram. Uh, you can hit me on my Facebook, David Vanderveen, or you can also email me if you're still into that, snail mail. Uh, well, it's the new snail mail, electronic mail. Um, David at kickaspirational.com. I'm happy to take uh, your questions, however you want to send them. And uh, stay in touch. Please, please, please be kick aspirational. <laughs>